Good evening, everybody, and welcome to your Wednesday night uh, tune review. Uh, a very, very special tune review tonight because we have a uh, Newcastle legend with us uh, making another appearance on the show. Of course, Warren Bartley will be with us in just a second. Um, really looking forward to it. If you have any questions for Rob, uh, for Warren, get them in uh, in the chat, and uh, we'll see if we can touch on them during the show. Um, depending on how many, of course. Um, now, uh, the build-up to Manchester United, of course, continues um, with uh, Sven Botman uh, pictured in training as well. So that, that's a good sign, Alex, uh, that uh, he could be ready to go. Yeah, there's been a few people uh, I've seen on Twitter talking about, you know, Burn is a capable replacement. I would agree with that, but I do feel like there is a there is a drop-off. Um, I mm -hmm. think Botman is far superior in terms of... Um, like lethal ball progression, being able to split, you know, just just cut through two, three, four, five players and just somehow progress the ball through. He can take it through the whole midfield. Yeah. Um, I don't think Byrne has quite got that range of passing. Uh, passing Botman's switches are also quite quite impressive. Um, yeah. But Byrne is a capable understudy. But you know, if Botman's been training, fingers crossed, all is good. He's um, ready to go. You know, um, I mean, what he was training yesterday. Uh, which is Tuesday, and the match is on Sunday. You would imagine that's enough time for him to be fit and ready to go on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, Billy, uh, same sort of thoughts? Well, absolutely. I mean, there's not a side in the Premier League that wouldn't miss Fen Botman if he was out injured for them. Um, that's, mm. how, that's how much of an impact he's made in his in his first season in the Premier League. He's 22 yeah. years of age, and he, he's, he's played like a season campaigner all season. He'd be a massive miss for anyone, and he'd certainly be a massive miss to us. However, looks like he's going to be fit, so that's all good. Yeah, it's a bonus. Right. Uh, well, we won't keep him out there much longer. Uh, good evening to Mr. Warren Barton. Good evening. Good evening, gentlemen. And I agree evening, with you Warren. as well. But Botman has been outstanding this season. He's been a, a true... No wonder we had to wait and be patient, but he was definitely worth worth waiting for. He's a class act. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he's uh, he's took to the Premier League really well. Uh, obviously, his first start was against Man City. Uh, a big wake-up call to the Premier League from obviously, but I think he performed really well, uh, and he's done that ever since. Um, uh, I don't know whether you've seen on social media what he's known as Warren. We call him the the, the Rolls Royce. Um, he just he just looks so calm when he's on the ball. He can he can ping it left, right, both feet as well, which is an advantage. I'm more of an Aston Martin man myself, but yeah, I, I get <laughs> I, I get where you're coming from. You know, you know, let's give Eddie some credit as well, because he did it with Bruno, you know, when he first signed him, that he didn't throw him straight in. And Botman was like probably thinking, well, I've signed a big deal and you've paid a lot of money for me. But I think it was like three or four games. He had one game, didn't play particularly well and found it a bit of a challenge. So, you know, let's give a bit of credit to the, the coach as well with Eddie Howe. You know, he, he's made these players come in and once they're in, they feel comfortable. And, you know, them two in particular... Uh, with Trippier uh, and the keeper have been outstanding this season. So, you know, the, the coach should take a lot of credit. But yeah, he is a Rolls-Royce. He's the closest I've seen to uh, Village a little bit, the ex-Manchester United player, where he puts his yeah. foot in, he passes the ball well, he likes defending. And obviously, you know, that Dutch influence that they're comfortable on the ball as they are with kids. So, you know, yeah, really looking good. And, um, you know, probably a future captain for us in years to come with his age. Yeah, I was just going to ask you that. Do you, do you see him as a future skipper? Because he, he he looks he looks like he's got all the um, all the right qualities to be to be captain, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. You know, he's sometimes I played under Peter Beersley, which not the most vocal, but led by example. Uh, mm. And then you have an Alan Shearer, as I said, who's more 
more vocal, but he led by example as well. So, you know, you don't have to be shouting and screaming when all like a, a Stuart Pearce or a Tony Adams uh, of old captains or a John Terry, um, he can go about his business. But hopefully we have Trippier for another two or three years because he's been outstanding as well and a good good role model to a lot of these players. And he was the one, Trippier, I think, that set the tone for a Botman, for Bruno. They looked across and thought, well, if, you know, a player like him, I want to be part of that. And then obviously mm-hmm. it's... It's progressed into, you know, uh, a destination that everyone wants to be with the manager, the owners, the fans, the club uh, and the way that we're, you know, the way we're going about our business. So it's pleasing to see, pleasing to see. Um, obviously, you know, alongside him has been Fabian Sherwarren and obviously a few, well, over the last couple of seasons, he was kind of frozen out, if you like. He wasn't getting much football at the club. He was expected to leave Eddie House, come in and paired him up. Uh, this season with 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 Botman, he did really well with Burnt towards the back end of last season. Um, he's excelled, hasn't he? It just really, I think his potential is is fully being fulfilled now at, at Newcastle, where we saw a player in him, and he's just getting better and better. Yeah, I mean, and congratulations as well. He's just got a sports degree as well, so just not, not only is he a, not only is he a good looking fella and and playing well, he's actually got. <laughs> He's got a brain in his head as well, which is not always the case, may I, may I let you know. There's a few people that share in a brain that I, I used to play with. But, um, yeah, I, I think it, you said it there, that complement each other. You know, it's no point having two Darren Peacocks or two Philip Alberts that I used to yeah. have. And it's that, that complement each other where they read the game very well. It's nice to have that balance of a left foot, right foot, uh, which I think it, it comes in well. He reads the game well. But most importantly, I think, for him, Cher, is that, he just does his job. You know, he's not asked to do any more than just look after that right-hand side. I mean, listen, he's got Botman on to his left and Trippier to his right. So it can't go too wrong for him if he just does his job. And great credit to him. He's bought into that. You know, he's uh, under the other managers. They wasn't really that type of player. But I always say a good manager gets the best out of players. And Eddie's done the same with him. He's mm. done the same with Almiron. He's done the same with Joe Linton. And you can go on and on and on. So... Again, it's it's having that balance of putting a player that's going to progress in their position, and and, and Fabian has definitely done that. He's been outstanding. Yeah, um, we may as well start with what Newcastle fans have been very angry about in the last few weeks, Warren, which is uh, VAR. Um, the uh, the Forest game, especially, uh, was I mean that offside decision. I haven't seen anyone who says that that was an offside yet. I, I just the mind boggles as to what they saw for offside. To be honest with you, I don't know what offside is now. And yeah, that's, I know. That's how, it, it, in fact, in the first phase, second phase, and that's not being uh, a dinosaur and saying, well, it was different in my time. I work in the modern game. I, I work doing a lot of World Cup games. I've just come back from Qatar. I do MLS games. I do League mm. MX. I do Premier League games. And it's so confusing for for us in the in the TV world, and the, and obviously for the fans that are in the stadium, they haven't got a clue what's going on. So nothing nothing yeah. is told, nothing is looked around. I mean, how does a young kid feel? He's just scored his first goal and he was excellent. Thinks he's got his first goal and it's been took away where we wasn't clear of what what it was. Listen, I'm all for mm. VAR in the sense if it can help the game, but at the moment it's not the VAR. It's the people that are working it and making it a hindrance because. It's, it's spoiling the effect of what our game is about. And that's passion and emotion and celebration and goals and everything else. And again, I echo people in the stadium, players, managers, coaches, 
but more importantly, supporters have not got a clue what they're looking at. They put up a sign and it takes three and a half minutes to try and figure anything out. So, yeah, we've had VAR go against us. The Crystal Palace one jumps up, another one that I looked mm -hmm. at. Um, and lucky enough, we won the Forest game. And Furry deserved it. We got we got the goal. And <laughs> how great was that with a penalty taker? So there's obviously a little oh. bit of a little bit of uh, uh, karma out there as well. And yeah. you just hope that it equals itself out in there. Because I think, you know, MLS have done a good job, what they've done using it. And uh, the Premier League seems to be one of the only leagues, the main league, that are really making a bit of a balls up of it. Because it's, you know, it's supposed to be the the best league in the world, the most expensive league, the most entertaining league, but it's also the most controversial at the moment because the people that are, are working it are not making it straightforward for the general public. Mm. Well, see, it seems to be only the Premier League because the it's the implementation, isn't it? Because we, we saw yeah. a prime example in the Bundesliga of uh, Bayer Leverkusen got two penalties through VAR, and rightly so. I think there were two, two yellow cards shown for simulation. Uh, and VAR rescinded it, gave Bayer, uh, Bayer Leverkusen two penalties, yeah. which is which is huge. Is is impacted uh, Bayern's you know first position? And then I think Dortmund are now first in the Bundesliga, and our Nagelsmann's been sacked. So it's being used effectively elsewhere. Uh, it just seems to be uh, you know well, we spoke to Keith Hackett recently, and it, it just seems to be implementation is just so poor. Yeah, and there's no surprise that the Bundesliga and the MLS was the first ones to use it and to embrace it rather than. We have a culture of like, why do we need this? It's no, and that trickles down to people trying to use it. Hopefully, with Howard now back over uh, in the UK, he did a very good job in the MLS, and hopefully, he can sort it out sooner rather than later. And we just want to be talking about the games. But you're right, if it if it does affect a decision, an off the ball instance, and that a referee has missed, then great. But not controversial decisions where even when we put the rules in, we're still confused about what the rules are. Mm. It's got to be void, hasn't it, Warren? It's got to be void, yeah. uh, hasn't it, Warren? Because it's a multi-billion-pound business now, and these VAR decisions going wrong could, could see a team getting relegated and costing them multi-billions yeah, well, of pounds, you, couldn't it? You, you just said it yeah. there about the Bundesliga. You know, Negersman gets a sack. You know, if it happens to say, you know, uh, Leeds last game of the season, their coach gets the sack. Players have to. I mean, that's the implication that it could do, or Southampton. Whoever's down there, or even you know Sean Dice at Everton, you know they don't get some decision, or, or us. If we mm -hmm. look back and say, "Hold on a minute, we've lost out on three points," we would have been in Champions League. That's that's financial. That's huge. So not only mm -hmm. at the bottom, uh, but at the top as well. And you know, if you don't qualify for something, you, you well, we we might look to change you. And it's people's livings you're, you're talking about. But um, I, I got a tendency to think that sooner rather than later we're going to sort it out, and and hopefully we don't have to worry too much about it but it is it, it's happening as you said too often at the moment were you confused when uh Tierney went over to the to the monitor warren because i've we, we've never seen that for offside before for offside, i mean yeah. it, it, to, it, he had to go he went to the monitor now i thought that var did the offside you know with the lines mm. and everything we never saw any lines drawn Tierney goes to the monitor i mean what on earth is going on it, it, it but you're right i mean it I felt most sorry for Elliot Anderson because he was absolutely elated, scored his first goal for the club he loves, uh, coming through the academy, etc. And then he has to stand there for a three, four, five minutes until a, a ridiculous offside's given. It's just something no, you just, isn't right. Yeah. No, you, you just said it there. You know, offside is offside. It's There's no grey areas. It's not down to interpretation. It's either offside or not. For him to go over there even making the situation even worse 
yeah. because he should have been told, yeah, we've looked at the lines and, you know, as I said, it's the Premier League. It's a, Instead of maybe spending their money on, on other things, making sure that they've got one of the key factors in the game is working properly and cameras mm-hmm. in the right place and whatever it may be. That's That, that has to be down to, to, to what we're implicated with the VAR. Yeah. But gentlemen, come on, let's talk about the tune. I've, I've, I've enough, <laughs> enough about VAR. Yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah, yeah VAR. let's talk solid. about us beating Man United and yeah. Yep. in the world. Absolutely. Uh, it's a huge game on Sunday, isn't it? I, I mean, f- for various different reasons. I mean, you know, me and Alex were at the cup final uh, last month and... Um, I, I don't know. I, I think we did. We played okay. It was just the final third things didn't pay off for us. But Isak has suddenly just come in and and just looked like a, an absolute player. Um, this is a huge game on Sunday final. because I thought he played well in the final as well when he came on. Yeah, I, that, yeah. Matt, I think that put a, that put something in Eddie's mind when he put on. He was the one that that looked lively when he came on. I was at the game. Yeah. I was lucky enough to come and watch it. But yeah, he's starting to look like again. You know, a little bit of injuries, not being thrown in straight away. I think he's ready to go now. He's like a racehorse. He's, he's ready to let loose. What's happened to Callum Wilson, Warren? Because he was an absolute star before the World Cup and then apparently came back from the World Cup, got an illness which they've kept to themselves, which is fair enough. Um, but we're not sure, obviously, what that is. He just doesn't look... There's something not right when he's when he's on the pitch. He just doesn't look like that sort of he's up for the fight against these, you know, bossing the centre-backs and things like that. He, he hasn't quite reached that point again since Christmas. Why Why do you think that is? I think it can be a few things. Obviously, he went away with, with England and didn't play. So you've not really been involved. You've been training. That can take a lot of out. You said if this illness is something that he's, he's hanging on to. But I think it's confidence as well. And the longer it's yeah. gone on where he hasn't scored the goals and, you know, Miggy was doing, Elmeron was doing fantastic at the beginning. He had a little dip. And mm. I think Callum's having the same dip at the moment. And, you know, the, the, the point of bringing in a 50-odd million pound player is to put pressure on players. And maybe at the moment, it's a little, little bit too much for him with the illness, with not playing a lot of games when he was away with England. And then obviously coming straight into the Premier League and not scoring, that's, that's a bit of a weight on your shoulder. But I yeah. still like him. I think he can, he can offer something to the club. He can offer something for this season. But I think if you're looking for the future of how we want to play, the pace, Gordon, hopefully here be fit, the young kid, that we, we've got pace. Um, but people go through that. You know, the, the, mm. best have done, the best have done that. Sometimes it's not going for them. A little bit of confidence. It's hard being that lone striker as well. We can't all be Celez or, or Alan Shearer, you know. Um, so that, that happens to, to a lot of players. Um, but he's in a good he's in a good environment with Eddie and the coaching staff. But that's the nature of the business. He's got someone breathing down his neck now. We've got competition, and if if he doesn't do it, then someone can come in. And you know um, that that's that's just what it is at the moment. But I still think there's a there's a role for him this season, and then yeah. we're we're address everything what we need to do in the season about where we're going because we're going to need everybody. We haven't you know got that depth that we probably would like in. Mm-hmm. 18 months time when we, you know, when we really have a good depth of players coming in and a different ratio of players that are going to come in as well. Yeah, it's it's interesting because we've been talking about who he, who Eddie's going to go with for the front three on, on, on Sunday because, you know, Murphy's come in and did really, really well, uh, deserved to start and played really well, did nothing wrong. Uh, like you just said, Anthony Gordon could be coming back. 
Uh, Miggy, of course, has been injured, so there's a, there's a question mark whether he's fit. Um, and of course, Elliot Anderson came on against uh, Nottingham Forest and was absolutely fabulous. So he's, he's definitely got options for Sunday this time, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, ideally would like everyone fit. So maximum, I think the pressure's on him. It's all about mm-hmm. Wilson. I think a lot of the fans that 18 months ago, he was going to be our saviour. Uh, and I've said this numerous times. It's down to him now. You know, he's he's got to perform. And yeah, it's great to have this potential. And we, you know, we love you. But at the end of the day, we, you've got to perform and you've got to do well. So there's, yeah. there's players that's got out there. I think Eddie would have loved another maybe week to get couple of them maybe 100% fit, but Murphy's done great. And I think he epitomises what Eddie's worked with, you know. Yeah. yeah. I, I, love, I love the kid. I think he, he, he's a Geordie. He, he's, he makes me laugh when he plays. He gives everything out on the field. Uh, he's a joy to watch, to be around. Maybe hasn't got the ability of other players, but he don't give a shit. He just tries his yeah. hardest and, and runs himself into the ground and... Uh, but you're playing against Man United, that are, are one of the informed teams at the moment. Hopefully, Rashford is still in New York and going up the Statue of Liberty and having the sightseeing <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that there. So uh, he can crossed. stay there. He can stay there as long as he likes. Well, they uh, did this before the final, didn't they? They said that there was a doubt about Rashford, and they're doing exactly injured. the same thing. Yeah, yeah. and they're doing yeah. the same now. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I, I think he, Eddie will want to go on the front foot. He want to put him under pressure. Uh, I think Murphy would probably start the game and maybe Gordon come up another 30, 35 minutes towards the second half. Um, and then the, the partner speaks for itself, as I said, is that up front. He might even go with both of them. It's that that midfield balance as well has to be right because that's yeah. where I think we got caught out a little bit uh, against Man United. We was caught out of position a couple of times and didn't really have that confidence to go at Man United in the final third. It sort of, it broke down a little bit because we yeah. we hesitated that split second. But this, this would be a different game, uh, a little bit of revenge. If it's anything, you know, what we've seen in the past, that would be nice for us to get back to winning ways. It was good to have the two results that we had just before we had that international break as well. Mm. And can I throw a, qu- a curveball at you very quickly? Because we're talking about the front three and who's fit. We've Obviously, we've not thrown Joe Linton into that equation, who has and was playing as a left wing, although it was a rotating thing with Joe Willock. Do you think that's a possibility? Because now, yeah, now he's available definitely. again after suspension. Yeah. No, no. Joe Linton would be, I think he has a good understanding, better understanding with Burns than Sat Maximum does. I think Burns mm-hmm. is a bit tendent not to keep overly, overlapping Sat Maximum because he's not sure whether he's going to get the ball with, and it's similar with when I played with Nobby uh, Solano. When I used to go forward, I knew I wouldn't maybe get it all the time. <laughs> But I knew there was a chance I was going to get it maybe once or twice out of five runs that I'd make. And I think that's the same with, with Dan Burns. If he pushes forward with Joe Linton, he, mm-hmm. he's got half a chance of getting the ball. So, yeah. So does that affect, again, your, does that affect your decision-making when you you maybe in that split-second moment have to decide whether to overlap or not, who the winger is, whether you think you may or may not receive the ball? Does that have, a, two, have an influence? or Two things I'll tell you. Ask John Beresford with Ginola. He didn't really yeah. overlap a lot. And there was, there was no point me overlapping Keith because I was never going to catch him. So I just, <laughs> I just true, used yeah. to give it to him. But it, no, to answer, it does. You know, if I'm playing with someone where I'm not sure what he's going to do, and I'm not sure whether sometimes St. Max knows what he's going to do with the ball. And oh, if, no. if, you, if you're, if you're a fullback and, and you're pushing on, you're thinking, I just, and you wait a split second at the highest level, you're, you're not going to get it. Where... As I said, I know I'd make the run with Nobby and I probably wouldn't get it this time, but there might be a time that he does slide me in and give me the ball. And, you know, that's 
that situation, yeah. it, it, and it comes naturally with, with Dan and Joe Linton because he's happy to make that run because the fifth one, he might get it. And then he ends up scoring a goal like he did in the, in the semi-final or whatever it was. So, you know, that's, yeah, that, that, goal. Yeah, that, that, that's the, the balance you have. But, you know, with Bez, he just used to give it, so Maximum's not Ginola. So you just give it to David and say, get on with it and, and win of the game. So it's a, it was a little bit different. But if you ask Bez, that's why he got took off against Aston Villa with KK after 23 minutes. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> well, that was pleased, was he? No, he wasn't. So, uh, can I just say as well, Bez was pleading as well. He was begging. Yeah. But we all looked at each other and went, Bez, you're fucking off. You're off. You're yeah. Off. <laughs> he, he, had a, he had a right go at the bench, didn't he? And then all of yeah. a sudden he's, he was off. I, I, wow, I remember that. Uh, yeah. Um, Billy, you got any anything? Uh, I can remember, this is, this is going back to Warren's career now, and it's just before... Just before Warren joined us, um, it was Raw Fox's debut actually, Newcastle versus Wimbledon at Salas Park. Uh, and I'm there with my dad, and you think you'll like this one, and you'll love this. We had a cracking game, no doubt about it. Might have been the game that you know urged Kevin Keegan to sign you. My dad's sitting next to me, and he says, or standing next to me at the time, he says, uh, That Barton's bloody everywhere. He's having a cracking game. One minute ago, he was down here tackling, and less than 10 seconds later, he's in the centre circle. I said, Dad, Warren's still down there. That's Peter Fear. Peter Fear, yeah. <laughs> Peter was my get-out. If ever I was in trouble, I said, I'm Peter Fear. That was my get-out. So, it'd be devastated, Peter, because he was about seven years younger than me, but yeah. You know, to be fair, though, Warren, a few commentators did get used to mixed up quite often when when uh, when he's played together. Uh, it, it, they did, they did kind of... It was, it was... But yeah, I can understand them being so much younger, but uh, it would... It was the hair. It was the hair. The, the only thing I'm devastated about at Man United when the referee was going to send me off because he thought I was Bez. I was devastated. <laughs> Bez, Bez is about three foot one and dyes his hair. And I'm thinking, no, please don't, <laughs> please don't get me mixed up with John Beresford. That, that was, I, I never lived that down. Bez was happy. He was delighted, but I was devastated. <laughs> um, we do have a couple of questions, Warren, but I just want to touch on. Um... Sunday again, really with, with Casemiro missing for Manchester United, he's he's going to be a massive loss, and of course, I think Sabitzer might be out as well. Um, now, given how McTominay played for Scotland, uh, he hasn't really done it for Man United according to their fans this season, and, and neither's Fred. So, if it is Fred and McTominay, does that give us the upper hand? Do you think with who we've got available in midfield? Yeah, d- definitely, it makes them weaker because Casemiro's. Yeah probably one of the best at what he does in his business and in, in mm. the business. So there's no doubt about, you know, obviously he's starting to score goals. He's such an influential player for them. He's, he screens their two centre-halves as well as breaking everything. I mean, he's an outstanding player, Casemiro, and, and maybe as good as McTominay's had the last 10 days. He, he's not him. And I like McTominay. I think he's got a lot to offer. Um, you know, yes, the Man United fans are maybe not keen on him. They wasn't keen on Fred, but they, they turned it around a little bit with him. But yeah, I think we can we can exploit that because mm-hmm. not really because of them, because they do play right and left. They don't play anyone as a holding midfield player. And if they do play one of them as odd, it's not their natural position because both of them want to get forward. Now, if they mm-hmm. do do that, it leaves us perfectly on the counter attack to exploit yeah. their backline because... That's what we didn't have in the cup final. Because every time we broke, he came along and, and snuffed it out. Or even if he didn't uh, 
McElhaney was another one at, at, uh, at Chelsea. Even if he didn't tackle, he just was a body in front of you that made you slow down mm-hmm. to let, let his other teammates to get back. And it's not always the, the tackles or the interceptions or, you know, passing the ball. It's just sometimes yeah. being in the right place at the right time and just, you know, slowing it down and waiting for the cavalry to come back so you can get into shape. And they mm-hmm. won't have that. So that's something that we can, we can have a go at them uh, about as well. Yeah. Um, it, it, I mean, look, it's it's really exciting to be in this position with what ten games to go. Um, we and a lot of the pundits that I'm hearing now on the radio, etc., are now swaying towards uh, Newcastle finishing fourth uh, over Spurs and, and and Liverpool if they make a late run for it. Um, oh, they can't ignore look, us forever. Well, exactly. Um, but w- at the start of the season, Warren, were you were you expecting this? Because I don't think any Newcastle fan. Well, I think we we were going to be happy with sort of eighth, maybe. Um, but to be in this position, I mean, Eddie's got to take a lot of credit, but so have the players because a lot of those players were written off. Yeah, and the ownership as well, you know, going yes. in, getting yeah. the goalkeeper, getting Botman, going in the summer, you know, get, getting players in. Uh, yeah, you know, Ali McCoy has always been a big favourite of us. You know, he loves the club and, he, you know, he loves being around. I love being, you know, in, in his company as well. Um, but Eddie, again, should take a, a lot of credit. When I spoke this season, I think I spoke on here and numerous other Newcastle pod, podcasts. It was like, let's finish eight and get to a cup final. I, yeah. I'd snap your hand off. I would have snapped your hand off with that. Now we're there. Chelsea, obviously, they're in turmoil. They, they, you know, they're not sure what they're doing. Liverpool are a wounded animal, so watch out for them. Tottenham look a little bit in disarray, but they've got Harry Kane that can score goals, so that's can get them out of trouble sometimes. But it's down to us. And if we can concentrate what we're doing now, this is going to be a telling for, for Arsenal and for Newcastle now. And this can set the yeah. time for you for the future, for the next 10 years of each club, because if we can have a good run and get into that champions league spot, and even if we don't, I know the owners have got money and, but it's just while you're, while the iron's hot and you're doing well, you, you may as well keep this momentum going. That's when I, you know, when the new owners took over, we couldn't win a game until we beat Burnley Everyone was saying, well, if we go down, we've got that. No, 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 we couldn't afford to go down. We couldn't afford to go down and then come back up. These owners want to be successful. So the quicker you get them in the Champions League, the better it is. And if you can do it now rather than next year, because next year will be harder because Chelsea will get their act together. Someone else will spend money. Liverpool will get their act together. And, you know, uh, you you think, as I said, Spurs will, will get their act together as well. So you're going to be challenging. And there's always a surprise like Brighton this season that comes up. Yep. And makes it difficult. So you want to try and do it now where, you know, three teams, at least two of them, Chelsea and Liverpool, who you would expect would be up there, are not in the equation. So, yeah, I would have took eight for the cup final, which is great. Mm-hmm. But I would love us now to to, to get in there and, and, and really compete. And it people may say, oh, the Champions League next season may be too much. I don't care. I'd rather have that experience and then build on that and go from that. And, you know, Rome wasn't built, but it was built. So yeah. let's get on and let's get on and build it. I mean, the, 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 I think what we've been saying on here is that it, 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 depending on which European competition we finish in, hopefully we'll finish in one of them anyway, they'll they'll spend accordingly and bring in the players that we need for... I mean, it, it, there's no doubt we need a squad size to... Especially Europa, if we're going Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, that is going to need a, a huge squad, um, which I think everybody recognises at the club, and I'm sure Eddie does and the owners do, um, so it's very exciting for us as fans to see what may happen. Um, but th- this next week in particular is going to be huge, I think, in the in the 
running for the for the European places because three games in what ten days I think it is it, it's massive. Yeah. Well, I think if we beat Man United, we go above them yeah. into third. So because we've got a better goal difference. Mm. I mean, can I just say if we were saying this a year ago, you think you 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 would have been <laughs> drinking all day, wouldn't you? It's yeah. it's crazy, yeah. you know. And as I said, all credit goes to as I said to the ownership. But I think thinking back to it now was like. The fans, you know, the jubilation, the celebrations when the takeover took over. I think it took the new ownerships by surprise. I think they knew how the Geordie faithful was and the fans, and we hear about this Toon Army. But when they see that, they felt that there was more, more of an obligation to fulfil their dreams. Because they didn't, you, you can tell by social media uh, with the owners how it's going on. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's overtook their life now. And that's what when I lived up there for eight years, that's what it does. It, the, the football club takes over your life. It's not where you can disappear in London or you can disappear in Manchester or whatever. It overtakes you. So you, you're involved in it every single minute of the day when you're, you're living in the North East. And for mm. the ownerships to get that, they built on that going forward. So the fans should take a lot of credit, but also the fans now, I would say to them, like I said to them, they was getting after wood and booing, uh, long staff as well in midfield. Remember where we've come from and remember mm. where, we're, where we're trying to get to. And we're going to need everybody to get it. It's the first time in 14 years, over 14 years, we've had an ownership, a manager, players and fans all on the same page. Yeah. So we, we, we've got to remember whatever happens this season, we go again as a group of people. We'll build up together again. But it's, it, it, it's great to sit here and talk to you guys and say, we're looking to do this. We go above Man United into third in the league. See, even a dog agrees. Yeah. Even a dog agrees. Yeah. <laughs> Alex's dog always agrees. I don't know why she's barking. She's barking at her bowl, which is currently full. So I don't yeah. know what she's what she's asking for. It's 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 strange, isn't it? Because you know, if I look back to doing sort of this channel uh, two years ago, it it was more like a, a sort of counselling channel where we would do fan forums and you know we would get ten people on, and it was to sort of talk them out of severe depression and coming out. Can with some we James's beat Hull? Yeah, uh, you'd come out of St James's Park. You'd walk down, you know, asset in the Leeser's End. So you'd walk past the uh, the players' entrance and that down the tunnel, uh, and it used to be a walk of shame. Um, has Warren gone there? Looks like it. Yeah, we've just lost him for a second. I'm sure he'll be back. Oh, he's back. Yeah, there he is. Yeah, sorry, uh, no, no, it's all right. It used to be like a walk of shame uh, coming out the ground, but now every literally every game, everybody's singing. Everybody's got the phones out recording. It is. It's just everybody's come together, um, and and it's down to the owners and the and of course Eddie. They wanted to bring the the club back to the fans, and and that's exactly what they've done in a very short I, time. I, I used to speak to fans, like you said, about eighteen months ago, two years ago, all through COVID and before. Yeah. The only reason sometimes they went to St James's Park is to go to the food bank. That was the only reason because they wanted to yeah. go up there to give something back to someone else. It didn't. They was giving tickets away. I didn't mm. want to go. And, you know, whether it was coincidence or whether it was meant to be, but the first thing the owners did was clean the stadium up, clean the windows. Yeah. And it, it might have been well, a coincidence or whatever it may have been. Warren, we showed... did a show. We did a show celebrating that the windows had been cleaned. <laughs> yeah. That's how that's how excited <laughs> we were. You know, it was unbelievable. Yeah. We actually saw window cleaners on the side of the stadium and we couldn't wait yeah. to tell everybody. Yeah. And the flags now is, is something that... I never had in my time. I mean, that's mm. phenomenal. It's just brought everybody, the community together. Yeah. Now, whether you're 
you live in the, the northeast or you live in the Midlands, where. But there's there's a common factor now for the fans is to go out and and get behind the team. I mean, look at the the, the fans behind at the city ground. You know, the the celebration with the people there. That pen, to me, that's what the football club is all about. It's not. Yeah. Like Kevin always said to us, you know, we're going to win the league this way. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it this way. Mm-hmm. All right, we we failed, we come short, but we had a bloody good go and we had a lot of fun yeah. doing it. And yeah. all right, we've come short, and it always every day it haunts me that we never did it. But I realised what what it meant to the fans through people mm-hmm. like Lee Clark, Peter Beersley, Steve Watson, Robbie mm-hmm. Elliott, you know, Harps, Steve Harper, Steve yeah. Howie. They ingrained it into us. You know, Rob Lee, Rob Lee. You know, when I come up there. The, the two cockneys together, he mm. said, "You better, you better drop that accent, son, and, and get, in with the, <laughs> get, in, get in with the fans, and you'll be all right." But that just highlights highlights the fans the fact that you didn't get over the line, and to us, it's considered the glory years. Yeah, and how yeah. special it is. It doesn't matter. It, it was how you went about it that is the important thing. You guys must feel amazing, uh, Warren, knowing that yeah, yeah, we didn't win the league at that time, but the the football was just sensational. You know, even the four three losses at Liverpool. I mean, you scored in one of them. I remember you scored, and you, did you kick the post or the the sponsorship sign? And I thought you broke your bloody ankle when you did that. But it was I, it, I kicked the uh, Sky Mic, which yeah, cost me two oh, hundred and fifty quid. They charged me two hundred and fifty quid. <laughs> they said, charged me for it. Yeah, I oh, said to no. Mister Murdoch, I said to Mister Murdoch, you can take that out of my wages. You're not having that. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, I mean, for you ex players now, obviously, you know, excluding the Ashley years because we, we're not even thinking of them. But now, you know, all the old uh, old players, uh, you know, the, the the welcome back at the club. You know, um, Shea Given was in front of me. Uh, I can't remember the Southampton or Leicester Carabao Cup game. He was uh, doing something for Sky alongside uh, Janola. Um, and they were just in front of me. And, you know, the, the smile on their faces. Uh, I've got a photo with Lauren Ribera a couple of, a couple of uh, months ago or weeks ago at the game. Um, just seeing all you guys coming back. It, for us fans, it's it's very emotional because living through that time, but you know, watching you guys and, and seeing how close we got, for you as an ex-player, you know, knowing that you're held in such high regard with the Newcastle fans must give you a real buzz, even when you think about, you know, you're saying it, it haunted you. But on the flip side of that, you guys are held in such regard in Newcastle. It, it must make you smile. Yeah. I mean, it's, it makes you emotional as well because yeah. it, it was the best years of my life. It personally, you know, not just mm. professionally, but personally, you know, I was married. I was, you know, living up there. The way that the people treated me up there, the way they treated my family, you know, people that was in the stadium. It, it was a great time. And we, as I said, we was together, Maiden Castle, four or 5,000 people watching yep. the train. Yep. I remember the first day we pulled up with me and David and, and Les, uh, we were standing at Gosford Park. There was about 3,000 fans. Yeah. And Kevin had said, you ain't going in the changing room until you sign it. So he was out there signing everything. And it, I had more people at training than I used to do at Wimbledon in the Premier mm. League game. So it was, it was crazy. So... But, yeah, there's a lot of pride and, you know, going back, uh, you know, it's it's lovely to go back. And when I was at Wembley, you're walking around, you're talking to people. Some people I hadn't seen for, for years was obviously yeah. there. Um, but as I said, and we've always said it, it's not, it's not for us to have the medal. It would have been, you see Leicester, you see Liverpool, you see Blackburn. It should have had Newcastle up there, but it, it hadn't. And I appreciate what you said about the times you've given us. But as I said, there's always that if, if only. Mm. 
But yeah. listen, we had a we had a great time. As much as you had fun, we had a lot of fun as well. There were some good people up there. I made a lot of friends for life who are keeping contact in social media. So, you know, it's it's great. All I ever wish now, and when I come out and said what I did three or four years ago about the ex-manager, the ex-owner, I, I just got pissed off at people kicking the club in. Just, yeah. you know, I'm, yeah. I could have stayed, you know, 10,000 miles away in sunny San Diego and not worried about it. But I weren't going to sit here and let someone take the piss out of the club. And it, it wasn't mm-hmm. fair. And then, yeah. thankfully, Big Al got behind me. Rob Lee said the same thing. And yeah. we had a bit yeah. We had a bit I of mental. That. And then we, then we got the trust going and, you know, we, we got some money generated and just got a little bit of pride back in the place. And mm-hmm. then, thankfully, the ownerships took over and, you know, the yeah. money's gone to charity and, you know, people at the stadium and... They're looking after some of the old players, which is great. Bobby Monker is still there walking around. Bez is still there. Uh, and when we go back, it's great to see, you know, Nikos was there, Lauren Robert, uh, Shay, and all, all of them. It's, it's great. It's great to see. I was, as I said, at the game, I had Nobby, uh, Shola I'd not seen for ages, Harps, you know, Rob Lee was there, Bez was there, Big Al. We, for two hours, we are just taking the piss out of Nobby. It was great. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was but great. It, it... It must really piss you off, though, Warren, you know, as what you've said about living in the northeast and things like that. When you hear, you know, ex-players like Agbon Lahore on the radio, on national radio, saying ridiculous things like if if it were, if if players were offered... Um, oh, he's gone again. Just the way he comes back on. It's because you said Gabby Agbon Lahore. Yeah. <laughs> Make anybody's um, camera switch well, off. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. I'm back. I'm back. Yeah, I'm but back. that must piss you off when he says, you know, things like, oh, if, if Brentford offered you 10 grand less, you go to Brentford. I mean, a ridiculous statement. You honestly take what he says? To, to well, no, I, I, exactly, no. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. like, like I said, he, he, he's one of them players that are sharing a brain. Remember when I spoke about people that have got diplomas and grades? That, what he says doesn't really worry me because he's yeah. never been up. He's probably spent one night in the Quayside when he's up there with Aston Villa and thinks he knows the place. You know, it, it, it's not. It's it's a great place. We we love it, and you know, it, it doesn't. People like him don't piss me off. He's, he might he might be a nice fella, but he ain't the brightest. So I'm not. I'm well, not too nice. <laughs> That's an understatement. <laughs> yeah. uh, a question from uh, Grim Trousers. He says, uh, "Hi Warren, <laughs> do you ever hear from David Butney anymore?" I never heard from David Batty when I played with him. So let alone now, <laughs> after this year. A quick story as well. We used to train and sometimes, not sometimes, most of the times we'd do a little bit extra, like crossing, finishing, some strides, whatever it may be, go in the gym, do some weights. David Batty showered in his car, driving out the training ground before we would actually get off the field. So he used to... <laughs> Get in his car and he changed it. He didn't want to have a uh, petrol car. He went to diesel because it was cheaper going backwards and forwards to Harrogate. He is a top-class player. He is one of the funniest person I've ever been around. I don't know where he is or what he's up to, but I know he's, he does, oh, his, does. His, his motorbike. And I think we did one game with an England legend. I don't know how I got involved with that, but it was an England legend game. And Bax was there and he was as funny as ever. But football, relationship. As he would say, fuck off. He, he, <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't care one iota. Um, but what a player. Uh, but yeah, no, I have not got any idea where David Batty is. Wow. Um, uh, Jackie says, uh, what was your best moment in the black and white shirt? It's a bit of a cheesy answer, but all of them. I love the, the 220. Yeah. But the, you know, the, the first game that we played against uh, Coventry at home, the first debut where we won 3-0, um, 
the Barcelona game was special. Uh, the two semi-finals yeah. were special. Um, the five-nil against Nottingham Forest that got us into the Champions League and and uh, the Mackhams and the Smoggies got relegated the same same day. That was that was quite a good that was quite a good weekend as well. Yeah. I can't can't really remember it, but it was it was pretty good. Um, but listen, I think you can tell. I, I loved every minute of it, you know, and mm. I, I miss it now. I'm never going to get them times back again. Um, but I loved it. I loved it all. It was even I had tough times, you know. People that know me. I had to, you know, a bit of stick and uh, I kept going and John Beres was yeah. said to me, sometimes you're a bit too honest. I said, but Bez, that's all I know. I don't mm. know anything else. You know, I wasn't going to walk away from, from what I had. I played non-league. I'd worked hard at Wimbledon to get the chance to play for a big club and I wasn't going to walk away from it. So, um, you know, it's, it, I loved every minute of it. And, but they're, they're the key moments that if you really ask me, they was, you know, some of the best times that I had. Uh, interesting one from Ross. He says, uh, uh, Warren, uh, would Kevin Keegan have signed someone like Butman back in the day? He signed Philip Albert. <laughs> yeah. Similar yeah. type of player. You know, when Philip was in that World Cup in 94. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was that type of player. Kevin would have loved Listen, he's a Rolls Royce. So anyone would have loved him. You know, so Bobby would have loved him. So Bobby would have, you know, he would have had him and... KK, yeah, definitely. He, he would have wanted him. He, he was a footballer. He, he loved football players, Kevin. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he, he would have gone after him, definitely. Yeah, I think we're having a problem with the stream on YouTube, uh, by the looks of things. It's not us, guys. It's not our stream. It's it's YouTube. I know there's been a few technical problems with, uh, with it tonight, so uh, stick with us. Uh, I know some people are buffering and things like that, but it is YouTube. Um, I've noticed the view is going up and down dramatically, but it's going back up now. Hopefully, it's settled itself, but it is it is YouTube. Uh, unfortunately, there's nothing we can do about it. Uh, it's in the hands of their servers, but uh, we will keep plodding on. Uh, the viewers are going back up now, so it, it looks like it's uh, it's sorted itself out. Um, Nick Pope, uh, Warren, um, came in, um, you know, 10 million quid for me. Uh, that looks like an absolute bargain of the century. Um, he's had a, a couple of rough games, uh, one for England and, a, you know, a, a couple... Uh, for us, but um, he he communicates so well with that back four, doesn't he? I mean, you as an ex-right back, you know, obviously a vocal keeper is is somebody that makes a defender's life a bit easier, don't they? So it, it, how do you think he's done? And is he, you know, Newcastle's future keeper for the foreseeable few seasons? Yeah, I think he's a phenomenal goalkeeper. I think like any top-class goalkeeper, he has a presence. Again, maybe, you know, could be a bit more vocal, Uh in in some of his, but he commands his penalty area very well. He gets that back four organised, but more importantly, when he's had to make big saves, he's he's come up with that. You're right, the England game, and listen, when I played for England, he was probably nervous, thrown into it a little bit. He's got that out of his way. He's going to have to be patient to try and get back into the England setup or get that number one position because you know the Arsenal keeper's doing well, and whatever people think about Pickford. He's normally pretty reliable for England um, going forward. And Gareth obviously likes him as well. But I think for us, he's been phenomenal. Um, I, I look at the likes of, you know, I was there with uh, Shaka and Pav uh, and Shay. You know, Shay, when he first came, if you remember, wasn't particularly the greatest kicker, but he worked on that. Not the biggest, but he worked on his his uh, communication and arguably one of the best goalkeepers that Newcastle's ever had with Shay Given. So mm-hmm. I think we've got an outstanding goalkeeper. We've got one not only for now, but for the future. Uh, keepers get better with age. Uh, but I, I, I go back to it. He has a presence. He has a stature 
when he's in goal. Uh, Karras did nothing wrong in the cup final. There was nothing no, no. wrong, but it, it just psychologically, I think it gave them a lift. Uh, and maybe for us, it was a little bit of that uncertainty because he, he'd not even had a game, you know, to, to get into it. Um, you know, you think the set piece, he might have done different or whatever, but, you know, it's all ifs and buts. But I think he's been outstanding. And going back to our recruitment, we talk about Eddie, we talk about the owners, but our recruitment of people that they've bought in have been excellent as well. The money that we've spent has been, it's been good money. That is a bargain. I think when you talk about a goalkeeper now, uh, for that that price is a bargain. But we pay good money for Botman. We pay good money for Bruno. Uh, now the investment looks looks really good. So, yeah, the recruitment's doing well. But I love him. I think it, as, a, as a defender, I would love to have him behind me because, as I said, he has a presence. Shea had it. Harps to an extent, but not... I didn't play enough with Harps, really. Shaka and, and Pad. But Shea definitely had that presence about him but at the beginning we never used to roll it back to Shea because he would spoot it up in the air so we used to just <laughs> kick, kick it long ourselves but he, he soon yeah. got the hang of that Seamus and soon ended up kicking it 78 yards yeah I, I, I loved watching Shea um, really good goalkeeper Warren will be back in a second uh, yeah I think it's rectified itself on YouTube now I don't know what the hell happened there um, but we went from like 600 odd viewers down to 71. So uh, it was definitely a problem with uh, with YouTube, but uh, never mind. Um, on the goalkeepers, uh, Warren, uh, with Dubravka, were you surprised that he jumped ship or do you understand what he did? Or Because when he's come back, it's left a bit of salt in a lot of mouths of Newcastle fans the way he was tweeting about Man United when he was there. Now, obviously, playing for Man United, he's going to tweet about them, isn't he? But... It's all just been a mess for Dubravka, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's backfired a little bit. I mean, he got the chance to go and play for another big club like uh, Manchester United. And, you know, he probably thought this could be his chance to, to go there. But that obviously went backfired. And as I said, it, you know, one thing with the, the, the fans, they're with you. But if you cross them, then they, they're not, they're not going to welcome you back with open arms. You know, people that have gone to Sunderland and things like that. It's just or gone away and said one or two things about the city, about the fans or about the area. They, they, they never forget. And, mm. you know, that's why, you know, don't come back now and say, oh, I love you. You're great. They're, they're not silly. You know, they're not stupid. But, well, he got a yeah. winner's medal, didn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I bet, yeah, I bet that's pride of place in his mantelpiece. Well, he hasn't shown anybody that's not been <laughs> exactly. online at all. Yeah. Exactly. Never, ever been on social media. That yeah. It's never been mentioned. I, I think he mm. might have got a bit of stick in the dressing room as well for that. Um, but uh, but we, listen, we haven't heard he, anything. He's with the club now and yeah, you know, is, yeah. everybody makes mistakes. So, you know, I'm, I know how the fans are, but he's got to get on with it now. He's got to be professional. But he's... he's He's not going to find a way in it unless there's another injury, which we hope there isn't, is or a suspension. Well, it's, it's Carrius I feel sorry for because he's come in and, and, and did really well in the cup final. And uh, we all agreed that, you know, he should be our number two keeper because he's been there. He's, he's worked his arse off um, and he's there when we needed him. Um, well, I don't and, know. And I, then, don't, I think I'd rather have Dubravka than Carrius. I don't I'd, hey, that's That's up to opinions. I, I think everybody looks at Carrius for that. European Cup final, and I think it's wrong because he was fantastic that season. Oh, he's a, he's a great keeper, but I think Dubravka's vastly underrated as well, to be fair. Mm. You're not sure about that, are you, Billy? You've got your, your thoughts on it. You, you don't rate Dubravka. Um, he's an old-fashioned type of keeper, isn't he? He's not so great with his feet, whereas I think Karis can can carry it off with his feet. Yeah. And that's basically the difference between the two for me. 
Yeah. Do you worry when you watch Nick Pope coming out so far, Warren? I mean, <laughs> I love it because I think he's, uh, yard he, headers. <laughs> he's he's on the edge of his box, and anybody plays the ball over the top, he's he's there. And obviously, he made a mistake against Liverpool. It was, uh, you know, as goalkeepers do, with you know, they make a mistake, they don't get the head on the ball. The the initial reaction is just to handle it, but uh, you know. He just seems to be this kind of sweeper keeper. When the ball's over the top, he's out there like a flash. Yeah, I mean, I just noticed on social media that they've got a head tennis net now, so maybe he can start yeah. using his head head a little bit at the training grounds, uh, uh, Nick. But he, he reminds me in that mould of what Manuel Neuer was at Bayern Munich in Germany. You know, just coming out, sweeping everything up. That's part of the modern game. Keep a sweeper. Just come out and, and clear the light. That's where he has a good understanding. Listen, he made he made a misjudgment that he's probably never going to forget because it's a chance of playing in a cup final. Uh, and he, and he, missed, he missed that. So, yeah. you know, that's a learning curve for him. Um, and hopefully he can learn from that. But listen, I, I think he, there's so many good uh, points for him as a goalkeeper. There's so many good points from what I hear on the training ground, what I hear as a person, what I see afterwards when he goes around to the other players and the other staff. So, you know, you, you'll take that little bit heart in the mouth sometimes when he comes out. Because, you know, nine times out of ten, he, he seems to get it right. Yeah. Uh, interesting question from uh, Sophia, who is uh, one of our channel members. Uh, she says, uh, what I want to know is, uh, what brand of anti-aging cream does Warren use? It's called, <laughs> it's called Californian Sun. It's something that I worked at. Yeah. 15 years ago and uh, my, my, my surgeon in LA is doing a great job people say I look like George Hamilton so I'm alright <laughs> uh, I think more, more people are bothered that the centre part has gone to be honest no, Warren, no, I, no, you know. no 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 uh, I might we, have we, one of them. I might get them Rooney transplants if I can get yeah. them plugged, plugged <laughs> in. I mean, you must remember that chant that the fans had for you. That oh, that yeah, was yeah. that 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 was uh, from day one, really. Um, and I just tell you as well, a little bit of sun makes you look totally different. Because if I was back there for two weeks, I'd start looking like shit. So I'll be alright. Yeah, right. well, you know, <laughs> look how white we look compared to you. That's yeah. that's the difference right there. Uh, we haven't seen the sun since what August last year. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Um, right. If you go for a prediction on on Sunday, Warren, what is it? What what would it be with Casemiro being out? Um, and who do you think will be the front three? Oh, um, I'm going to go one nil win uh, with <laughs> with Willett scoring, hopefully. Uh, yeah. And I'm going to go with. I think he will go with Murphy. I think he will go with Sam Maximan, and he will go with Azek down the middle. Wow. We'll, okay. I think they go, they go with a little bit of pace. Interesting. Uh, Alex, go you got that. any questions for Warren there? Yeah, so I've got a couple of funny ones. Um, oh. So if you were in the squad today as a fullback, obviously I'll let you pick left back, right back, wherever you want to go. You can be either side. Who would you pick out of the current crop to be your winger in front of you and your, your sort of near side centre back? You can I be either side. Yeah, no, I'd be Trippier. Um I'm quite happy with uh, Cher next to me. I think he's reliable. He's someone that uh, I think Trippier knows when he goes forward, he's got that little bit covered. But uh, I mean, you've got to be the right back, so you couldn't have Trippier. So you're the right back then. That's what I said. If I like, I wouldn't. You I'd take go Trippier's Trippier. place. Yeah. yeah Trippier, oh, you take Trippier's place. Okay. Yeah. Cool. He's he's good, but he ain't that good. All right. So I go. Yeah, me in front of you. That's good. Um. 
I'll go with Gordon. I'd have the young kid in front of me. Interesting. Go, okay. Yeah, right. I'd go with him. I'd give him the ball. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I get I the feeling that you wouldn't know where the hell you were going if Maxi was in front of you. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, Maxi would do because I'd put him pretty straight pretty quickly. So <laughs> it'd know what it'd have to do, just run and take him on. Don't keep chopping back, don't keep yeah. cutting back, just run, take him on, it. and whip it in. Run, check inside, have a shot. Don't keep chop, chop, chop. Uh, my, my other one, um. Sorry, it's about our current fullbacks in the squad, about what we're going to do with them, because we've got a lot of fullbacks. So I'm going to exclude for this Paul Dummett and Matt Ritchie, because their contracts are expiring. They've been great servants to the club, of course. Um, so currently, um, obviously, Trippy is just, Trippy is amazing. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so we'll go with, uh, we've got Kraft, Byrne, Mankio, Target, and Lewis. So we've still got a lot of fullbacks left, a lot of which are just not playing. Um, can I have like a little 10, 20 second summary of what you think about the fullbacks at the club currently? Uh, how far is Kraft coming back from injury? Because he had an injury, didn't he? I think he's so estimated he's... around May time. So yeah. he's, he's, he's doing yeah, light work at the moment. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, well, Trippier's Tripper. He's the number one. Don't forget the young kid at... Uh, the Harrison young Ashby as well. Harrison, yeah. yeah, Harrison. He's one for the future as well. But, uh, I've got a feeling Lewis will go. The young, young kid on the left-hand side. Okay. Um, I think he, he might go. And the Spaniard as well, Mankinis, I think he may leave as well. I think the, maybe he's not getting the time that he, that he has. Uh, they've been linked with other, uh, other players as well coming in. Now, again, I don't want to be... Well, it's not disrespectful. It's just a fact of what... The, the club now has gone a long way in a short space of time, and it's going to go again. So the players, like you said about Richie and Wood has left, Shelby's mm. left. There's going to be probably, I would imagine, five or six players and them mm. fullbacks that you mentioned, two or three of them, will be in that bracket that they will go. They will go and play for another club somewhere. And like you said, being great servants, we wish them well. And then you, you replace them with a player that's probably played a lot of Europa games, a lot of Champions League games. Them type of players will, will, will come in. Um, or the players that are you know coming in that are good under-21s, good players coming forward uh, as well. So, yeah, as I said, they're probably two of the three uh, will probably go from them. Two probably maybe, will maybe probably Lewis go. Maybe Lewis Manquillo-ish. Yeah, Lewis Manquillo will go. Yeah, and then the others will go. Uh, but obviously, yeah. the Dan Byrne experiment, what are your thoughts on... Obviously, we love him. We do love him. But there have been a lot of talks on limitations in terms of tactically. Um Whoever's on that left wing, of course, Joe Linton, it works because he's effectively one and a half players because he's a monster. Um, mm. But, you know, whoever else goes on that left wing tends to not have as much support. You know, we've used Willock to kind of assist whoever that left winger is because obviously Dan Burns, you know, limited in terms of what he can provide overlapping wise, attacking wise. Well, what's your thoughts on Dan Burn at left back as an experiment? Uh, or No, uh, listen, big Dan Burn, I love him. Um, I think he, he wears his heart on his sleeve. I think he, if you asked him, he's a centre-half, probably a three. Yeah. He'd prefer to play in that. But it's like anything. He went in that position and he'd done great. But he was, yeah. he's never been a left-back. So let's be fair to the kid that he, he yeah, gave course. everything and now bubbled first a little bit. You know, that's, He hasn't got that understanding with the winger. He hasn't got that, that natural progression of being a left-back because he's never really played that. Position you can get away with it sometimes. I did it a left back sometimes or centre half. Five or six games is okay, but that's not your natural position. And there'll be one moment in a game where you maybe get caught out, you switch off because when you play in a position for a length of time, 
you do things automatically. So you just do it. So now he's having to think about a lot of things that he's playing, the position, does he support, does he go inside? Does, he's having, it's a lot more decisions you're making as a fullback than you do as a centre-half. So mm-hmm. that, that's been a challenge for him. But I don't think you can fault him for his effort, his commitment. And he, he's, he's had to find his way on the fly because he's probably, ever, as I said, never really played there before. So I, I do think you do need a natural left-footed fullback to go there. But while we was seventeen games unbeaten, while we was doing well, and he was scoring goals in the semi final, I didn't see too many complaints there. I really didn't. Going back to what no. I originally originally said, Alex, is like that, let's not forget where we was. Don't just start now beating someone up because he's had a couple of indifferent games. You know that's mm-hmm. that's a little bit unfair. You know if he's totally ballsed up and made a, then I understand that. But he's been put into a situation, and I think he he's done the, the best he possibly can. And now it's probably come to his end. And now he might need a bit of time of either one being in his real position or have a little step out and let someone who's more of a natural fullback go in that yeah. position. But listen, no, no one was saying a dicky bird when we was 16, 17 games unbeaten. Yeah. 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 I mean, he'll be Good useful point. to us if we qualify for any European competitions, won't we? We'll need somebody. We'll need that versatility. If we've got target and burn, mm. it's going to be yeah. useful because we can't play yeah. 60 games of the current squad. Absolutely. Um, just a couple more questions before we let you go, Warren. Uh, this one, um, I meant to ask you last time you were on, actually, but uh, there's a lot of uh, questions like this in the chat about your time at Wimbledon with Vinnie Jones. Um, <laughs> basically, what was he like in training and what was he like as a teammate? He was a fantastic teammate and yeah. um he he knew his limitations, you know, he knew what type of player he was. And as a person, I've got the utmost respect for him uh, as well, what he's gone through and how he made the best of what he is, you know, a, a yeah. bricklayer, you know, yeah. a bricklayer that played non-league, got the chance to play at the highest level, won an FA Cup, uh, you know, couldn't, I can't speak highly of him. Training-wise, he thought he was, uh, he thought he was Ronaldo, uh, the real Ronaldo, not this one. <laughs> But he used to get, he used to fall over all the time. But he was a good, great character, someone that you would rely on, uh, a likable fella. So yeah, but he, he he thought he he thought he was better than he was. A couple of times he'd have a volley here or there, and he he'd stand around and think he was you know uh, Matt Letizia at the time, but he wasn't. He, wow. he, he was Vinny. But he was again. I, I love him. He's a you know. I remember him sitting there reading Snatch, and we were saying Vinny, you. You can't even read, so and you got it upside down. And the next thing, he's he's in Hollywood doing his movies. So I, I love him. I can't speak highly enough of Vinny. Yeah, especially he, what he went through as well. He, yes, he went through yeah. a terrible time, didn't yeah. he? And uh, yeah, he's he's come out the other end. He, he always seems like a really genuine bloke, though. When you when you hear him interviewed and things like that, he just comes across as you know a, a proper. Well, I don't know. You said a proper geezer, I guess. He's just as somebody who. Uh, you know, would look after you on the pitch as well. If uh, if, if something needed sorting, he was always he was always there yeah. or thereabouts. He would be someone. If I broke down in the middle of nowhere, I'd pick up the phone and say, "Vinny, can you help?" He'd say, "Yeah, no problem. I'll be there, Wally." That's yeah. the type of fellow he is now. You could rely on him, and he mm. would get up. Some of them would make out they they got their phone switched off, so he would pick up the phone and say, "Yeah, I'll come and get you." Yeah. He's yeah, he's different class. A geezer is a good example actually, but don't well, tell him that because he'd probably rip your head off. Well, uh, I I, I won't. Um, And finally, Warren, the rest of the season now is huge. We as Newcastle fans, extremely excited to see where we finish. Um, 
you know, if you, don't, I'm going with your honest opinion here, not with your heart, but can you see Newcastle finishing in the top four? After the two performances, yes. Yeah. I wasn't sure. I thought the wheels might have come off a little bit if we didn't get the results. Maybe we didn't need the international break, but I think it go down to the wire. Yeah, we've we've got a great chance of doing it. All these experts now are jumping on the bandwagon, so they're never yeah. normally wrong. They're never normally wrong, are they? These experts. Well, Simon Jordan, <laughs> he's, all, uh, you know, oh, yeah, he's, yeah. he's a bit of a prune. Um, but yeah, listen, Warren, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, yet again uh, having your thoughts on uh, on everything. Um, just an absolute legend to me and, and to everybody who watched you play. And uh, yeah. we appreciate your time so much coming on the show. Um, I know all the viewers have, have been saying, you know, what a great guy Warren is and loved watching you play and stuff like that. And uh, you're still held in very, very, very high regard with everybody. Uh, and, and just to have you on the show is is, a, is an absolute proud moment for us as well. So thank you very much for your time. Um, hopefully we'll get you back on maybe later on in the year and talk about the finishing in the top four and where we yeah. go from here. Uh, and looking forward to the Champions League, uh, which would be uh, absolutely brilliant. Pleasure, gentlemen. And we will be in the Champions League. We'll do it then yeah. when we qualify. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Warren. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Good night. So there you go, guys. That was uh, Warren Barton, an absolute gentleman, it's fair to say. Um, you know, I remember him watching. I remember watching Warren Barton. And, uh, you know, he, at the time I was more sort of, you know, yes, we had tremendous strikers and wingers and stuff like that. But I used to, I used to love our defense. I used to love the the, the fullbacks and the, and the goalkeeper. And obviously, uh, the late great uh, Dave Harrison was a massive. Ma- I can't underestimate how much Warren Barton meant to Dave Harrison. He was just an absolute. He he loved him. And when I told Dave that he was going to come on the show, Dave Dave just went. I mean, he was he, he was taken aback, and he was it was proper fanboy stuff, and it was it was great, and I'll never forget that about Dave. He, he just absolutely loved it. Um, Sam uh, Samsonite Dove, thank you very much for your two hundred kroner. Um, brilliant show, even with a slight YouTube tube hiccup. Yeah, that's a real pain in the ass, but you will be able to go back and watch it. Uh, but it will be on Spotify and iTunes uh, straight after the show, so you can you can listen to it again uh, via a podcast. Uh, I'll tell you about Warren Barton. He threw yep. the finest right hook I've ever seen from a footballer on the pitch once. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yusuf Chippo at Highfield Road. And we, I spoke about him before. He spat on him, so he chinned him. <laughs> got sent off. And at the well, time, we were losing 3-0. Rightly so. If I got spat on, I'd chin somebody and all. It was the um, first time I left the game at half-time. I was in the pub 5-4. to four. We were three down, ten men. We ended up losing 4-1, I think. Uh, do you remember funny. that game at Elland Road, though, Billy, when we were, we were oh. getting hammered and then we came back and won 4 3? Just incredible, incredible memories oh, of, of, of that squad uh, and those times. And, and that's the excitement that I have that those times are coming back, Billy. Uh, you know, and, and, and you know, Alex, uh, you probably don't remember much about the entertainers uh, being such a young pup. Um, but, you know, to, to know that I mean, that football why I support the back. club ultimately yeah. it was from from sort of 90 bits of 95 all the way up mm. to you know the end of Ke- Kevin Keegan and then yeah. you know that that so I do I do have very fond memories they were yeah. young but I, I love oh, but... I tell you, I've got to mention I love that that Warren always just says we we he did that on the like he always, whenever he talks about Newcastle he says we he has such an affiliation with his football club um, and, and and that is fantastic when you get you know he's he's moved up from London, he's been taken in by the whole northeast 
uh, atmosphere, the fans and things like that. And even, listen, he did go through some tough times at Newcastle, uh, as he alluded to when, when we were talking to him there. Um, but what I loved about Warren Barton is, and quite a few of the other players as well, they got on with it, though. They made sure that they got on with it. And uh, that's what Warren was all about. Even when he had a, was going through a tough time, he would obviously give 110%. Uh, you know, and it was, it, you know, to, to do that uh, was was incredible. Uh, David Smith, thank you for your 4.99 uh, Super Chat. He says, an evening with Warren Barton. Great. Uh, thank you, David. Um, Julie J says she loved Warren Barton, uh, but also loved John Beresford. Yeah, the, the two fullbacks were, were, were bloody brilliant. Um, Shamrock says, I do too, Paul. Our defence was overlooked because of how attacking we were. Barton, Albert, Peacock and Beresford. Amazing. And Billy, you alluded to that in a show not long ago. Remember, I remember, you know, we, we give you a few pelters when you were saying about Albert and Peacock. I, I mean, I, look, I'd put Peacock in the same, not as good as, I don't think he's as good as Fabian Shea, but he was the similar sort of player that he put his head in where it hurts and he wouldn't mind getting a bang or two on the head to, to save a goal. No, he was, he was, he was the only defender with the back four, really, wasn't he? Let's be honest. He was left, sometimes you see him left on his own. Well, yeah. with four men running at him. <laughs> it did get around it. He was a, yeah, he was a good defender. He got the start of the show. Mm. Those four for me was Albert. I used to love watching him play. And Botman's very like him, but I think he's a better defender than Albert. Yeah. But I think Albert I, I, Botman doesn't go forward as far. I think Eddie no. Howe would have a heart attack. I mean, look <laughs> look at the last game at St. James's. Uh, you know, when, when Botman was the furthest forward player, and he should have scored, of course. Um, but we were all like, what the hell's he doing in there? But if we saw Albert there, then we were just saying, oh, well, that's how he plays. You know, he he, he just wanders off and, and, and that's it. But um, I think Eddie Howe would have a heart attack if, if if Botman did that. But it's a very different game now to what it was. Of course it you is. Know, course it, it is. You know, a different team. Um, Eddie doesn't sort of go all, all fully out like Kevin Keegan did. Keegan was like, you score four, we'll score five. And that's what made it so bloody exciting on a weekly basis. Albert, just incredible. <laughs> I mean, he was—he he just took over. He, he played, did play as a centre forward most of that game. Every time Newcastle attacked at Main Road, Philip Albert was the furthest forward player. He just used to sprint from the back four to get on the end of crosses. Unbelievable! He scored twice, didn't he? He scored twice, to be fair to him. Oh, two very good goals as well, by the way. Um, but you know, it, it's when you get the ex-players on like that and you chat to them and. Um, not about just about what's going on now, but about you know what it was, what it was like for them. Um, you know and. Warren travelling over for the cup final. Um, you know, he's he, like he says, he's doing really well out in the States. He's got lots of TV jobs now. And, uh, you know, so he gets to follow Newcastle all the time. So it's not like he never sees them play. Um, you know, Ginola was at Wembley. And the evasion he got as, as he was walking around, you know, with a TV crew, it was incredible. You know, and I think he was taken aback as well. Just how many fans were still shouting, Ginola, you know, and it just... And seeing all the ex-players come back. And, and that's what we want now, though, isn't it? We we want, you know, these set of players now under the new ownership to become like the entertainers were and, and for years to come be held in such high regard, Alex. Yeah, well, they've already started um, carving that legacy, haven't they? Mm. We, you know, when, when we first got taken over, we, we were talking about three years, five years. You know, Amanda Stavley came out and said somewhere between five and ten years for a title to be challenging and... You know, we were putting all these numbers on it and yeah. the players, the fans, the staff, everybody involved in the entire project has just gone, you know what, sod it. We're just going to put 
everything into this. Um, and it's it's essentially fast-tracked where we are in terms of it, it's just it's such a monumental achievement and, and just effort from everybody involved with the club from, from top to bottom. It's, it's magnificent. Yeah. Um, Ian says, I can remember Keegan saying that Peacock was our only genuine defender. Uh, well, he was because the other three were bombing up the pitch. <laughs> you know, we had the fullbacks up front. And of course, Albert, you never used to know where he was uh, until he just he used to float around the whole pitch and then he, he'd pop up on the end of a cross. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean... You know, we talk about the takeover, how it's affected us as fans. It's also affected the legends of the club because they were ostracised yeah, for 14 absolutely. years while, yeah. while the previous owner was here. And now they feel welcome in the ground again. It's great to see. I think it's brilliant. Mm. Um, now, we only paid £4 million for Warren Barton. Um I mean, in today's money, uh, I mean, it was a, it was an English record at the time, for, wasn't for it? For a defender, yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, so you look back now and you think, well, four million quid. I mean, how much would Warren Barton cost in this day and age? Um, you know, because I, I don't care what anybody says, he was a fabulous, fabulous yeah. right back. He could defend, he could cross, he could take set pieces. Um, you know, and and that's why he was he was one of my favourite players along with Shea Given. Um, you know, just brilliant. Um, very, and very adequate speaks... midfield player as well. Very, very adequate yeah, midfield player. Yeah, if, if we needed to drop him into midfield, he would. He played a few times there, Billy, if I can recall, um, when we had injury problems. So, you know, he was utilised really well. And, and like I say, he did have a, a bit of an iffy period, but he bounced back. And it, it, like every player does, have a dip in form, but they come back stronger. Um, and, and he certainly did that. You know, Beresford had dips in form. Olivia Bernard had dips in form. You know, but these guys will always stand out because it didn't matter what sort of form they were in. You would know that they'd go out and give 110% for that shirt. Uh, and it wasn't for the money. It was for the shirt. Uh, and they played for the fans. And that's what these guys are doing now. Yes, the money's, well, even more than it was back then. But, you know, they are performing now, a lot of these players, genuinely for the shirt. And you can see that by the reactions yeah. when we win football matches. I watched a I watched a clip the other day of um it, I think it was after the Arsenal game the last home game of the season last last season, um and we were all singing in the stadium the the Joe Linton song, um and Bruno turns to Joe Linton who is now obviously a very good friend of his and was singing along because it's his friend and it was just such a nice it was just so nice uh you know and these are these are these are memories that don't get created yeah. at every club they get created at, at that one special club you have in your career. Mm. Uh, Sean says if you get time watch Andy Cole's podcast uh, on the Manchester United channel he does not give Newcastle any credit in his career I think the problem is with Andy Cole and I think uh, um, somebody's put it further down in the chat I think he was very bitter about how he was sold um, Andy Cole um, he, 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 uh, if you listen to him he didn't want to leave Newcastle United and he's, he's made that public on numerous occasions that he didn't want to leave uh, and, and how it all came about, he was very, very angry about. Um, and the, the way he was sold, the way he was told he was leaving the club. Um, but look, he went on to have a fabulous career at Man United. And, and we, we can't argue with that. The stats are there for everybody to see. Um, but Andy Cole um, was a big part of Newcastle getting into the Premier League and being a, a top team in the Premier League while he was here because yeah. he scored some wonderful goals for us. The partnership with Beardsley is something I'll never forget watching. It was just truly incredible. Um, the, the 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 absolute magical belief they had between the two of them was was just a joy to watch, Billy. 
It was indeed. But Kevin Keegan was right to sell him because we don't have that run to the almost Premier League title, 96 with Andy Cole on the side. Yeah. Les Ferdinand was, a, to me, although Cole scored more goals, Les Ferdinand was a better striker than, than Andy Cole was. But yeah, that, that partnership with, firstly, in the, in, in, in the, the old Division 1, now mm. it's the Championship, of course, but him and David Kelly and, and Gavin Peacock, you know, the three yeah. of them, were, you know, they were, they were awesome together. Well, nobody no. thought David Kelly would be sold when, when no. he scored that. Uh, he scored a hat trick, didn't he, in the final game against Leicester when beat seven. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wasn't it? And then he was sold in the summer, and and we couldn't believe it because he was he was hammering them in for Newcastle. Uh, but until Peter Bailey came in, then we could believe it. <laughs> yeah, but then that's what Kevin Keegan did. He, he, you know, he'd sell somebody like David Kelly, and then suddenly, you know, he'd already brought Andy Cole, and obviously Beardsley came back, and you know. Kelly was then uh, forgotten. It was, though, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I mean, I remember when we saw Kevin Nolan. I don't think anybody, anybody was expecting it quite mm. then. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think uh, not that he was it, as good as um, one of the know, old. Cole, but still. Yeah. I mean, one of the older players who left the club, who really pissed me off in the way he left, was was Jermaine Genus. I mean, it, you know, it was it was crap the way he left but anyway uh we digress that's it for tonight guys uh i really really do hope that you've enjoyed the show uh we have loved it uh like i say getting guests on we just let the guests do most of the talking um because that's how it should be uh you bring somebody on you want to hear from them not us so um that was uh what it's all about and uh we will hopefully have more guests coming up guys uh we are putting fingers in pies as to speak um, and uh, hopefully we'll have some very good guests coming on in the uh, in the next few weeks and months. Uh, but thank you for everybody that's uh, watched tonight. Sorry about the problem with YouTube. Uh, completely out of our hands. But like I say, the podcast will be on iTunes, Spotify, etc. within about half an hour of the show ending. Uh, so if you, if you want to listen to it tomorrow on the way to work or in the gym or whatever, taking the dogs for a walk, it'll be on there. Um, or you can go back and watch it on YouTube at a, another time as well. But thank you so much for everybody that super chatted as well. Really, really appreciate that. Thank you so much to the mods for their fantastic work. And of course, to Billy and Alex uh, for helping me along with the show. And of course, to Warren Barton, because uh, that's who the show was all about tonight. Uh, but thank you very much. We'll be back tomorrow. Now, we, <laughs> we have changed the show. Uh, time it's going to start at eight o'clock tomorrow uh not six um it will be a one-off tomorrow at eight o'clock uh for the uh the, the the match preview so don't miss that status graphics will be here and we do have a channel announcement tomorrow night as well um which is uh something we're looking forward to letting you people know we've already it's already been done in the background but we have a channel announcement um, and we'll let you all know very early doors tomorrow on the show. So do join us from it. 8 o'clock to find out what that announcement is. But in the meantime, guys, enjoy the rest of your Wednesday night. Have a good one. Take care. Good night. How are the lads and lasses? Ah!